Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Lori Fast takes your pet behavior questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC, or star WTIC from your cell phone if you have AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Pet Talk. Uh, This week's edition is about your pet's behavior. And if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that there's the veterinary edition, which is Dr. Dennis, and then the behavior edition, which is me. And we usually have a rotation uh, where it's my turn, then it's her turn, etc. This month is a little bit different, so... I'm here today. I'll be here again next week. And then the following two Saturdays will be the veterinary edition. So uh, I know it can get a little confusing. I sometimes get confused myself. (laughs) So that's why I have it on my website. So if I forget, I can check my website. Oh, when am I going to be on? And plus I write it in my appointment book. But, uh, you know, if you haven't ever listened to this show, it's a show about your pet and um, problems that you might be having, solutions to problems that you need. And it is a call-in show, so I'm going to share the numbers one more time. It's 1-800-966-WTIC or 860-522-WTIC. And I always share with people, if you'd like to talk to me off the air, uh, you can call me or email me, and you can get all of that information from my website, LoriFassDogTraining.com. What I wanted to discuss today or share with people today is how to decipher some of the information that you see online if you're looking for a puppy. Because when people are looking at websites, honestly, most people have no idea what they're looking at. And if you're in the market for a puppy and you see cute pictures of cute little puppies and, oh, oh, they're nice, they're healthy, they're happy. Look at this picture. Look at that picture. Isn't that great? Then most people don't really know how to read between the lines if that's what they're looking at. I think most people don't understand that um, there are plenty of people whose purpose is to make money. That's why they're selling dogs. They're trying to make money. 
uh, it's not because they love their dog so much and they want to improve on a particular line. And I'm not saying there aren't people like that because there are people like that. But most of the websites that you see online are, I'm going to say, either some sort of sketchy, maybe backyard slash hobby money-making breeder, or maybe even worse, um, a broker that's technically a puppy mill in disguise. So what do I mean by that? Well, most people have heard of puppy mills. They know they exist, but I don't think most people realize how pervasive they are. Um, Puppy mills are basically places that puppies are reproduced, mass-produced, and then sold to either an online broker or to a pet store. Now, because the word puppy mill has come to mean something bad, uh, people who are selling dogs from puppy mills are not going to say, oh, yes, we get all our dogs from puppy mills. They'll say that they get their dogs from very reputable breeders, which I'm here to tell you this, that there is no puppy in a pet store that did not come from a puppy mill. So if imagine this, let's say you have a dog that you love and care about and they have puppies. Would you take all your puppies and drop them off at a pet store somewhere and then let the pet store be responsible for placing the dog? Probably not. Now, let's say that you're a person who really, really cares about a particular type of dog and you're out to improve this type of dog and breed the best possible dog that you could breed. Are you going to take your puppies and drop them off at a pet store? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, there are specific breed clubs for, you know, name a breed of dog. There's a breed club for that particular dog. And almost all of their codes of ethics will include no litter lot sales, which means you can't take a litter of your puppies and sell them in one fell swoop. You cannot do it. It would be against their ethical standards. So if, but if you were to walk into a pet store today and say, oh, do you get your dogs from puppy mills? They will say no. They do not get their dogs from puppy mills. Why would they say that? They know you don't want to hear that. But here's an interesting aside. Um, what they will say is that their breeders are USDA inspected and improved, approved. Now, meat at the supermarket is USDA approved. Um, and if you're not a broker of dogs, meaning that you're a broker is somebody who, you know, is, is getting a sell, you sell your dog to a middleman and then the middleman sells it to somebody else. So if you're doing that, those are the people that get USDA approval. And the standards for what a USDA-approved place is is really bare, bare minimum. So it sounds like, oh, USDA-approved. Wow, that's, you know, prime material here. No, it's not. USDA-approved means it's a puppy mill. That is what it means, okay? So why am I getting all upset about this? Well, this past week... Uh, I was contacted by someone who had a four-month-old puppy, and this puppy was a golden doodle. Now, I have to tell you, in the past few months, I have run across more than my fair share of 
not very nice golden doodles. The golden doodles. Oh, they're so cute. Oh, aren't they little fuzzballs? Adorable. Well, because they've become so popular, people are thinking, well, great, let's get these and sell them and we can make some money. So anytime something becomes popular and people think there's an opportunity to make money, then that's exactly what they're going to do. So um, this particular puppy was doing very bizarre, unpredictable, and aggressive things. That if your puppy at four months old is waking up, running across the room, trying to attack, not play, attack your other dog. If your four-month-old puppy is biting your daughter in the face for no real reason, um, you know, if your dog is growling just because it doesn't feel like being touched right now, at four months old, et cetera, et cetera, this is not normal behavior. And this is a bite waiting to happen. So I was very upset with this because of the unpredictability of it and because of the severity at that age. Because if you have a very young puppy that's doing this, um, what's the likelihood that as it gets older, it's going to get worse? And the likelihood is extremely high. So I wanted to know, well, where did you get this puppy? And so uh, the people that I was talking to shared with me where they got the puppy. And uh, there was a website, and you can look at it yourself. And I believe it's called Sadie's Golden Doodles. So let's take a look at, at this website, Sadie's Golden Doodles, see what it looks like there. So I'm looking at the website, and the first thing that I notice is that uh, there are no mother and father dogs, usually you know, a website that's showing you what they are breeding. This is the sire. This is the dam. This is the litter it produced. No, there, there's nothing like that. Um, then there's, oh, these are really healthy puppies. Okay, well, a website that is breeding healthy puppies, they say, oh, well, they were x-rayed. The parents were x-rayed and certified for their hips, for their elbows. Uh, their eyes have been checked. Um, whatever metabolic disorder that's been checked in their lines. That's how you know a line is healthy. You don't just say, oh, yes, they're healthy. Oh, they're friendly. Oh, they're playful. That is meaningless generic drivel, okay? And that's basically what was on this website. Now, to make matters even more interesting, um, we're going to look at what else they have on here. So they have golden doodles, little ones, big ones. They have cavapoos. They have poodles. They have golden retrievers. All of that. Now, you click on any one of those things and you see all these puppies. Where are the parents of these dogs? I highly doubt that they're there. So where did they get these dogs from? Well, I'm going to say they're a broker and this is a puppy mill middleman operation. Okay. Now, when they went to go get their puppy, they drove seven hours to pick up their puppy. And when they got there... The puppy was brought out to them, and the puppy was very dirty and smelled like a, kind of a mouse nest. Well, they brought the puppy home. They cleaned it up, what have you. Well, when they were there, they said, um, could we please see the uh, mother of, of the puppy? And they were told that, uh, no, you can't see the mother because the mother is napping. Really? You just drove seven hours and these people are not willing to wake the mother dog up from a nap. 
Come on. <laughs> That's seriously some fishy stuff going on here. So either the mother was in horrible condition and she was embarrassed to show the mother or my my guess, my vote goes to that the mother dog wasn't there at all because this was something that she had purchased elsewhere. So what are the red flags here? Well, first of all, people who really care about their dogs rarely have more than one type of a dog. Maybe two, but not, well, let's see, we've got golden retriever, poodle, cavapoo, um, small, doodle, large, those five, five right there. And there are no, you know, oh, comes from great pedigree. Well, where is the pedigree? You don't list that. That's not on there. So if somebody says, oh, they're healthy. Well, how do you know they're healthy? Well, uh, I don't know. We're just, we've got x-ray vision and, you know, we got a crystal ball. I mean, I don't know. If you look at a website that they actually do health checks, it's going to be on the website. It will say that this parent was tested for this, 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 and this. That parent was tested for that, 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 and that, not just some generic weird nonsense. Now, the other thing that I find especially kind of offensive about this whole thing is the amount of money that these people are charging. Now, if I go to a breeder who has taken the time to really care for their puppies, has um, taken um, their dog to the vet, has taken their parents to the vet, they've done all the testing, that costs a lot of money to do that. So if you're upkeeping in the best possible way, the money that you, that you pay to that particular breeder is paying for all of those things. In this case, the money is paying to make a profit, Okay, so pretty much if you're making a profit on selling a dog, uh, you're you're cutting corners. You're not doing the right thing. So I'm going to say there's, you know, well, you know, it's kind of some blurred lines here, but I'm going to put um, where you get your puppy. And this is not including um, a rescue because that's that's another matter. But if you're getting, you know, either a purebred dog or like a, a doodle dog, which isn't technically a purebred dog, but it's a type of dog that's being bred specifically for something, you're going to have three basic sources. One is a puppy mill. And as I say, a lot of these online places, they are puppy mills. They are brokers for puppy mills. Okay. Most of the time, people don't buy dogs directly from puppy mills, but they get them from brokers who buy them from puppy mills. Or you have a hobby breeder. A hobby breeder is somebody that, you know, they just like their dogs and maybe they think it might be fun to breed their dog. Uh, maybe they do health checks. Maybe they don't. But the dogs are living in a home. The dogs are well cared for. Uh, they're not living in some wire mesh bottom cage and being mass produced. So that would be your hobby breeder. And then you have your, I don't know exactly what to say. We'll just say really good and ethical breeder, somebody who understands what they need to do. So there is no breed of dog that isn't inclined to certain sorts of health problems. Um, so if you really care, you know what those health problems are. You're going to go out of your way to make sure they don't exist. 
if you really care, if there's even an inkling of a problem with the dog's personality or temperament, you are not going to reproduce that dog because you care. So somebody who is making money, that's that red flag right there. Okay. If, if somebody says, oh, yes, I make a lot of money selling these dogs, uh, probably not a good idea. Okay. And uh, the one question that I think is the most important, really line in the sand question for a rescue or for getting a purebred dog of any kind anywhere is if you ever have a problem with that dog, whatever the problem might be, will they take the dog back? And if they say no, or if it's not really crystal clear that they will, not because we want to get a dog conditionally and try it out. No, you should, you should really yourself be sure you want to do that because that's not fair either. But things happen. All kinds of things happen. And if that person doesn't want to take their dog back for whatever reason, then as far as I'm concerned, I don't care if you're a rescue. I don't care if you are a breeder, whatever type of breeder you might be. You don't care about your dog anymore because if you are putting an animal, a living being, into an environment that for some reason is no longer safe or suitable for that animal to be there, you owe that animal that responsibility to make sure it's okay. And so if you cannot do that or you will not do that, as far as I'm concerned, you have really sketchy ethical standards and I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to deal with you. Um, you are exploiting animals. And uh, that question right there is really super telling. So anyway, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of these things. But uh, this experience that this, these people had, it was heartbreaking. Uh, they had to rehome this dog because it wasn't safe. It wasn't going to be safe with their children. So anyway, we need to go to a break and we will be right back. How much is that doggy in the window? Pet Talk is back. Now Saturdays at 1 on WTIC News Talk 1080. Is that doggy in the window? Hello and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. You're listening to the Behavior Edition with Lori Fass. The call-in numbers are 860-522-WTIC or 1-800-966. WTIC. And I've been just kind of ranting and raving here um, about uh, some of the sketchy um, websites uh, that are on online and pet stores and puppy mills and people's inability to um, identify those things. And so I'm trying to clarify that. Uh, we have a caller who I'm going to take, but I might need to be putting on hold during the hard break. So Shelly, let's see if I can put you on the air. Can you turn it off? Uh, hi, Shelly. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I know that in two minutes, I'm going to have to go to a hard break. So if our conversation exceeds that, I might need to put you on hold. That's fine. Not a problem. Okay. So what can I do for you today? Uh, we adopted a beagle that was used in a lab. Yep. And we've had him for about three months, and we realize it's going to take him a while because he has no clue of anything. But he's warmed up to me, but not so much my husband. 
And I don't know if that's because men were the ones doing experiments on him, but we just wonder if there's any tips you can give us to help him out. Okay. Well, usually when dogs are afraid, what they tend to do is avoid the thing they're afraid of. And then the more they avoid the thing they're afraid of, then the less they are likely to get over it. So when I have a dog that's afraid of a particular person, what I'll do is have them wear a leash in the house okay, and have your husband walk the dog around. All right. Yeah, because you have to put him on a leash to get him outside, and he gets so scared that he squats and pees right there. Well, already yeah, already go- have the leash on him, so don't put the leash on him. It's on okay. him. So just keep the leash on him. Yeah, all and the then time. you know, oh, let's go to the kitchen. Here we go. Okay, let's go to the family room. Here we go. Um, if you indulge him and baby him, he'll just get worse. Okay. Right. Do you want me to put you on hold, or do you want to? No, you can put me on hold. Okay, we'll put you on hold, and we'll be right back. Pet Talk is back. Now Saturdays at 1 on WTIC News Talk 1080. Hello and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. My name is Lori Fass. I'm here until 2 o'clock. We have Shelly on hold. We have Joey on hold. And I'm going to get to both of them. And I might be able to get to you, too, if you call in now at 860-522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Or contact me off the air. Check my website, Lori Fass dog training. Okay, let's go back to Shelly. Hi, Shelly. Hi. Okay, so what I was trying to explain to you is that a lot of times when dogs are frightened, people are afraid to kind of be a little bit pushy with them. Uh, You know, uh, I'm sure you must have heard, well, don't don't make him do anything. That would be bad. Right. Well, that's not true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I got a, one of my favorite stories is I was hired to go work for the, these people. They had three standard poodles. One of the poodles was named Alex, and he was known as Poor Alex because he was uh. really shy. Okay. So I go out there, and there's Poor Alex hiding behind the chair, looking pretty gosh darn pathetic. <laughs> so they let the other two dogs in. At which point Alex starts perking up and playing with the dogs. And I said, well, that's interesting. Was Alex uh, um, not afraid of dogs and just afraid of people? And the woman said, oh, absolutely not. He was petrified of those dogs. And I said, oh, okay. So what did the dogs do? How did the dogs treat Alex? And she said, well, they just acted like he didn't have a problem. They just went up to him, poked him with their nose and sidestepped him and pushed him and let's play and jumped on him and danced around him. And he got over it. Okay, so so people are like, oh, no, oh, you, you're scared. Oh, come here. And then the dog's like, oh, oh, that's weird. So if you just act like, oh, there's no problem. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do that. And even if you have to pull him a little. So what? 
Okay, and we've we've done that, but he runs from him. He runs. Yeah, from, but he, uh, he can't run from him if he's on a leash trailing because you grab the leash, and then he can't run from. Okay. You. So basically, I would, since he has trouble getting up to him to put the leash on, would I put the leash on when I got up? And then while he's home, he would just keep the leash on and then like step on it when he wants him to do something. Right. And then I would make a point of picking the leash up and having him follow him around. This is the thing we're doing. But if you have to reach for him and then he runs away, you're practicing having him run away because that's what's happening. Yeah, because originally he was just running away. Now he's running away and barking up a storm. Okay, so, so. He, you know, so that's, we're practicing. I'm reaching, you run. Yeah. Okay, okay, well, we're not doing that in dance anymore. Okay, great. Okay. That would be really helpful. Well, that seems to be pretty helpful as long as just act like there isn't a problem and set right. it up so that he can't do that. Okay. Okay? All right, that sounds good. Thank okay. you so much for your help. All right, take care. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Joey, are you there? Yes. Okay. What can I do for you today? No, you were mentioning, you know, getting a puppy, what to avoid. Yeah. I like to add a good place to start with, first of all, research the breed you think you want. Make sure it fits your lifestyle. I might have a visual, and people say, oh, what a great dog. I say, they need a lot of exercise. You know, if not, you're going to have a problem. Right. And another thing, too, start with a breed club. Yep, that's a good idea. And go from there. Yeah, because if you go to a breed club, they're sort of like uh, pre-screening people. They, if, they, if a breeder does not have good standing with a breed club, then that doesn't necessarily mean they're bad. But if they do have good standing with a breed club, it's pretty hard to get that and be bad. So, well, you know, I'll tell you something. You have to watch out. My first thought when I was new at this I was going to get a golden retriever, uh-huh. and I contacted. The, they wrote a book. Okay, and I contacted these people, and um, her husband was a dog judge too. Yeah, and they said, "No, there's nothing. There was nothing in Connecticut. You know, we'll sell to you." I went up and I asked for because I did my research. I said, "Where's the clearance on the father?" They says, "Well, he was involved in a swimming accident. That's why he doesn't have it." And then I researched them. They were notorious for bad hips. And if you read the, his husband's book, it says if the siblings have good hips and the other dog has good attributes, you might want to take this chance and breed in them. Uh-huh. Thank God, Mother Mary St. Francis, she called me up. There was only one male in the litter. I got out of it in a nice uh-huh. way. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a start. It's not everything, but it's a start. Right. Ask a lot of questions. Well, I mean, you t- made a good point because I think what you're saying is that you were going to get a dog from a breeder that was very well known and thought of as being, you know, some the go-to person and you could have ended up with a problem. And unfortunately, sometimes the reverse happens, which, you know, people go to the worst possible, most horrible place and it's not the dog's fault and they get a really nice dog. But well, my, my last dog was, uh, I, he jumped my car off the street. He was a pit bull type. Uh, I wasn't going to keep him. I had him 10 days shy of 13 years. I, he, I, I trained him. He passed his canine good citizenship. He went to play with other dogs and the whole bit. Went to nursing homes, and this is off the street. Yeah. Or whatever. And he lived to be, he must have been around 14. Or I had him 10 days shy of 13 years, around 14 or 15 when he died. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's not an absolute formula, but I guess... You know, especially my experience of what happened this past week, where this family 
got this puppy that they paid a lot of money for, and there's something temperamentally disturbed about well, this you know, puppy. I, I was going to get a doodle once, and I, 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 I hate to kind of say this, but not too many, I don't, and not any, good breeders of goldens or poodles would sell their people. They knew they were going to cross-breed them. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's the that I mean, it's nothing against them. I see some really nice ones and everything. But, I mean, you really have to look into it and go to someone that's been doing it for for a while. Not just, you know, it's and make sure you research both sides, the poodles and uh, golden retrievers to see what health clearance they should have. Well, I think sometimes when people are looking at this stuff, they just don't know what to look for, and they take the most obvious first layer of information, and they don't go beneath the surface. And that's why I was saying, you know, if you see a cute little puppy and you want a puppy, then you're going to tend to buy into whatever it is people tell you. And if you get a dog, it's a long-term commitment if you have children, you don't want a dog that's going to bite the face off of your, one of your kids. Well, I know. I was going to get one breed. I just got one breed. I found out this lady was in prison because uh, some, someone got killed on her property because I don't, there was a the way they were building something. She was set fault, but she was notorious, and she was breeding more than one breed. Blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, it's it's it whole it's, it's just a bunch of things. I mean. I don't have to tell you. I mean, yeah, you well, I just, there, you know. Dog's 12 years old, we're old, and they have him place where the dog's, the dog has, oh, yeah, he has his shots. No, he has not all his shots. He's not old enough and everything. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't realize that there are a lot of, I'll call them psychopaths, okay? I don't know what else to call them. But people lie. People don't understand, oh, yes, so they're this, they're that, the blah, 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 blah. And people can't understand that people will completely fabricate this stuff. And and then they end up getting hurt as a result of that. That's so, why they have to do the research. You know? Right, exactly. And, 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 and when what, you do the research, you kind of have to have some idea of what you're looking for. And that's also if you get a breed club, they will educate you and they will help you or just reach out to people like myself or to a veterinarian or to somebody who knows something that can tell you what questions to ask. Don't just And also a breed club, sometimes they... That's how they do the opposite. They're so crazy, strict, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> people don't. People wind up going to pet stores because right, exactly. I walk my dog. I'm not kidding. I walked in my other dog. I I I rode to the breeder. So I walked him over twenty thousand miles since I had him. Right. I'm not kidding you. I average nine mile days with the dog I have now, and she she rejects me. She calls my vet. She calls someone else, and says she rejects me because my yard isn't not big enough. Oh, okay. Well, I don't leave my dog in the yard. I actually go out and exercise. Right, with them. which would be a much better choice. And I would love to see her someplace at a dog show. I say, you see this dog? Look at look at the shape he's in. I bet your dog's don't look like this because yeah. I don't leave him out in the yard. Right. So. Well, sometimes rescue groups do the same thing. You know, they get so arbitrary about their rules, and sometimes. You know, being careful is a good idea, but being blindly arbitrary without looking beneath the surface both ways to the person you're getting the dog from or if you're somebody who's trying to place the dog, you really have to look at the big picture. And it's not always that easy to do. So I'm doing my best to give some people some ideas of things to yeah, look for I think to avoid trouble. Oh, the dog's a ch- his father was a champion. Most, fa- most of them are. I mean, from, from a from breeder, most of the fathers are champions. It doesn't really, you know, it doesn't mean... It means it looks like it's supposed to look, but it doesn't, mean it really, it doesn't take into account the peppermint or anything, you know, right. well, for the most part. Just for people who don't know, 
when you show a dog in what's called conformation, exactly. which is what the dogs look like, if a exactly. dog is a, gets a champion title, it means it won over a certain number of dogs, which varies from breed to breed, and it was deemed to be looking exactly like what it's supposed to look like. And usually those dogs are handled by professional handlers exactly. who can handle maybe a little wacky bit of a dog situation. But So being a champion means the dog looks like it's supposed to look. That's it. That's all it means. Exactly. Yeah, so, but, you know. I mean, the thing is, educate yourself and then, then contact some breed clubs and just ask, go to dog shows, ask a lot of questions. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for calling. Okay, thank that you. was uh, some good information to share. Have a good weekend. Okay, you too. Take care. Bye now. Bye-bye. Okay, I think we maybe need to go to a break. Pet Talk is back. Now Saturdays at 1 on WTIC News Talk 1080. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hello and welcome back to Pet Talk on WTIC. You're listening to Lori Fass in this behavior edition of the show. I alternate with Dr. Dennis who's a veterinarian from Bloomfield. I'm going to be on again next week. We're having an odd rotation for the month of October. So I'm on next week again, and then she's going to be on the following two um, Saturdays, including the Saturday before Halloween. So anyway, I was talking about uh, how people are, in my mind, really getting kind of bamboozled by some of the things that uh, they're looking at when they're looking for a puppy and really identifying what is a puppy mill. Now, in the state of Connecticut, I'm pretty sure it's a state law that if you go to a pet store, they are required to say where their puppy came from. So it's going to, I think, be posted right there on the crate or wherever it is that the dogs are being displayed. You can take that information and you can Google search it. You, and as a matter of fact, you can even write that name and write Puppy Mill to find out what kind of place this is. And um, the Humane Society of the United States, that's not the same thing as the Connecticut Humane Society. The Humane Society of the United States is a national group. Uh, they keep a list year to year that they call the Horrible 100, and they list off... Uh, state by state, various different puppy mills, and what things they did to violate whatever standards they're supposed to have violated. And some of it's pretty awful, okay? I don't even have a word for it. But I think, again, people are naive. They don't realize this is going on. And it's it's a horrible situation because it isn't the dog's fault, that they're being exploited like this. But if they have all sorts of health problems and temperament problems, which they might, they might not, but they might, then you're going to have to live with that. Um, some of you probably know who Patricia Cornwell is. She's uh, an author. She's got enough money to do this, which she doesn't do anymore. This was a story from a long time ago. She's into uh, 
she likes bulldogs. And she was going to um, New York City pet stores and buying all of their bulldogs and French bulldogs and then turning them over to the New England Bulldog Rescue because she thought she was saving them. Uh, and well, I don't know, maybe she was. I don't know where the pet store would have placed these dogs. Uh, when you are placing a dog through a rescue, if the rescue is a reputable rescue, they really screen their homes and make sure that they're okay and will take them back as need be, as I mentioned before. Uh, and, and she had to be told, hey, you know, I know you, you've got good intentions, but don't do that because you're basically just funding these places. And so, you know, it's awfully hard to look at these little puppies and um, turn your back on it. And especially, like I said, I know people who have gotten dogs from pet stores. I've worked with two of them this past week uh, that came from pet stores. Both of them, very cute, very nice. They don't look like what the standard of the breed is. I mean, they look a little... I don't know, asymmetrical, we could say, and a little bit lumpy looking, maybe a little scraggly, a little rough around the edges. Um, But they're nice dogs. But, you know, these people are paying upwards of $3,000 for this. And where is your money going? Your money is going to people that, um, you know, don't give a damn about these dogs. They just want to make money off of them. And some of the things that uh, that you get with these dogs, for instance, um, You get this health guarantee, but the health guarantee is probably as much to protect them as to protect you because the way it's written most of the time is with, you know, five different loopholes. You know, if you have a problem, but it has to be before this date and, you know, this your dog has to drop dead and you have to have it uh, a necropsy by your veterinarian. I mean, uh, by the time you meet all these conditions, it's really kind of irrelevant anyway. Um, and another thing that is kind of odd, but you know, worth noting, is if you're looking at a health record for said dog, and the health record is on a piece of paper with the letterhead of the breeder, we'll say breeder, air quotes there, then what that means is that they administered this. This is not, you know, veterinarian blah, 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 did these things. They did it. All right. So is that always horrible? Well, not necessarily. I mean, you can administer worming medication without necessarily needing some special thing. But the point is that it makes it sound, it makes it look like on paper that these animals have had a lot more uh, veterinary examinations and interventions than they actually have. So if you see some health record with the letterhead of these people, that's kind of like a red flag there, too. Um, and a lot of times when people um, are wanting to get a dog from one of these online sites, they'll tell them that uh, we need to meet you somewhere. And w- you can't come here because, you know, we're out of the way. We're hard to find. You know, it's it's going to be bad for you. you. You should just meet us somewhere. And, no, you know, I mean, I have met people places to get dogs that, you know, were going to be my dog. But I know enough about them that there's no question. Uh, But a lot of times people are meeting you in some random parking lot because they don't want you to see what's really going on. So, you know, meeting in a parking lot is a little bit sketchy. And like I was saying before, you know, there's just so many things that can go wrong. 
And especially if you have kids, especially if you're not on board with maybe having to uh, spend a lot of money on veterinary issues later on down the road because this dog really isn't healthy. Uh, maybe the dog it was, you know, traumatized. Being born and bred in some kind of horrible puppy mill situation does not enhance anybody's personality, believe me. And in that environment, you know, if the, if the puppy looks cute enough to sell, they're going to sell it. They don't care what the dog is like. So I just want you to really think a little bit about, you know, what you're looking at when you're looking at these websites. If you go into a pet store, don't, don't make a decision just out of, from your heart. Use your head a little bit because if you don't, you could end up with something that now you're kind of you're kind of stuck with it, and it can be an ongoing bad problem. And um, you know, like I said, my heart goes out to these dogs that are, are from these places. But uh, you know, you really don't need the aggravation. It is simply not worth it. So you know, pay attention. Really do your homework. And if you're not sure, uh, you are certainly welcome to contact me. Um, the people that I said that had this horrible experience. Uh, they sent me um, another website. Uh, this one was a Shih Tzu breeder, and and this yeah looked a little not all that great, you know. So I told them contact the breed club, and uh, I found some people that they could talk to. But it's worth your trouble. Use your head. Do some research. Don't just run out and you know lay down three thousand dollars just because the puppy looks cute and they said it was healthy and they said it had a great pedigree. I don't care what they said. People lie, okay? So it is kind of alarming, but, um, you know, I just want people to not be hurt and to make the right decision so that uh, you don't have to suffer for it for the next however many years. Um, and I've seen that happen far too often, and uh, I'm just trying to avoid it. So, again, that that is my message for today. And uh, I will be back next week. So I'll be happy to answer your questions then. And have a great weekend. Take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 